She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 246. Understand the entrepreneurial roller coaster with Allie Boone. Hello, and welcome to She Did It Her Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you launch a business that allows you the freedom to create from anywhere, design your own schedule in a way that supports you, and pursue what it is that lights you up. I'm Amanda Boleyn, your host, and it is time to do it your way. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Let me tell you, it feels so good to be back. Mike and I, my husband and I, got back from our honeymoon late last Tuesday. We went to New Zealand for a few weeks. It was absolutely beautiful and such a sight to see. The people there are extremely nice and generally always in a gracious mood and they have like little to no bugs on the island and in total there's only 4.5 million people that live between the two islands. It was just absolutely insane. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience. The country was absolutely amazing and highly recommend if you have an opportunity to go there, definitely, definitely put that on your list of travels. Now, spending time catching up, coming over jet lag and diving back into things, all things about the summit coming up and just really getting back into the business of She Did It Her Way. And I'm so excited about things that have been happening with the summit. And while I was away, the early bird ended. But when I got back, I decided to extend it to give you an opportunity to purchase a ticket if you were thinking about doing so, but maybe you didn't get it in time. And I can't tell you how important in-person events are. It was because of an in-person event called Succeed Faster uh, that I attended in between when I was working at Target and when I transitioned to Wells Fargo that then ultimately at that event led me to a connection that then led me to make the leap out of corporate America for good. And it's just when you're there in person at these events, the connections you make are different than if they are online. And so if you can make it or you're thinking about going to the summit, I highly recommend. And I completely understand that the event is an investment. And so if you're still deciding on whether or not it it is a good fit for you or if it makes sense to attend, I encourage you and invite you to email me directly and we can have a chat. And if you have any questions about it, I'm happy to answer them for you. Again, I'm not into it to push anyone to do anything that they don't feel comfortable with that you guys that you wouldn't feel comfortable with but I just want to be there to answer those questions that you have to see if it is a right fit for you and even just get to know you so email me your questions at amanda at she did it her way.com it comes directly into my email and I would love 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 to answer any questions that you have now on to today's episode Today's guest, Allie Boone, is the founder of Hipster Investments, where she invests in real estate and then also matches buyers and sellers. She also writes for a real estate investment website, but started off as an aerospace engineer with a master's degree in spiritual psychology. So in this episode, we talk about that transition she made from her previous corporate job to starting her real estate investment company, knowing the the dangers of an end goal mentality, discover how experiments with your mind can take away stress, understand the importance of the entrepreneurial roller coaster, and hearing the value and understanding the value of having a mentor. Hi guys, we are back with another episode. I've got Allie Boone on the show today, and she's actually going to talk to us about something that I don't believe I've ever even had a guest on uh, when it comes to 
let's see, running a business, running investments. We're talking about investment property when it comes to real estate. I think maybe I had one gal, I think Lynn at the beginning talked to us and that was just because she made that transition from what she was doing before and found herself in real estate. But this time around, we're actually talking about investing in real estate. And I myself am super curious and just how that all works. And so Allie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, why don't you give us your rendition and tell us what it is that you do, and then we'll talk about how you found yourself in real estate investing. Okay. Um, I guess the short of it is I, I kind of consider myself a mix of a glorified matchmaker and an emotional support animal. <laughs> That's kind of my, uh, I try and buffer real estate investments for a lack of a better uh, phrase. Um, yeah, I really, I match buyers and sellers. I write for a big real estate investing website. And so a lot of people come to me and try and figure out what I'm doing. And I've kind of just really tried to kind of inject myself into the real estate investing world as like, I don't dress up. I'm not in a suit. It's kind of a stuffy, scary industry for a lot of people. And there's a lot of people trying to sell things. And it's just kind of a, there's a lot of room for distrust, I guess. And so I kind of just tried to present myself of, of, hey, I invested in my own stuff. I'm just this random chick from California. I'll just tell you what I did, the end. And so it's really kind of taken off. And I think people really um, it's, it's something that was needed in the industry. So that's why I, I match people, buyers and sellers, but then I also stick around as the emotional support dog for when people go into an absolute panic because they're scared because they're investing in real estate. And I'm kind of here for that. Yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, even thinking from like my end, what I was telling you before we got on the show was even, you know, rental real estate investment can be a, great thing to do to build long-term wealth, but it is also scary. I mean, I think just running a business in general and being an entrepreneur is scary. So what were you doing again prior to the real estate investing and like what tripped your trigger? I was actually working a corporate aerospace engineering job. I was working uh, on top secret uh, flight projects. I was flight test engineering. I was a pilot before that. So I was very much aviation, aerospace, and really kind of, i I had no idea real estate was going to be in my future, but all I knew working a corporate job was I wanted to not be working a corporate job. And (laughs) for about, for, it was literally like day one, very, you know, I was still in grad school and I walked into my engineering job and I saw this gray cubicle and I was like, oh God, I was like, okay, I have to get out of here. I mean, that was literally from minute one. It took me about five years to kind of wiggle my way out. But it was really just during those years I was exploring, I knew I either had to start a business or get in real estate. Those two things seem to be the things that can get you out of a job. And I wasn't sure how to do it. So I just kind of kept poking around. And ironically, I ended up kind of doing both accidentally. How did, what was, okay, so then talk to us about that transition journey of actually leaving, I mean, aerospace engineering, leaving the cubicle, like, was it cut and dry or what were you doing to help? that transition? Well, it was kind of, it was kind of an accident really. And I, for the longest time I was exploring everything I could find, how to start a business, what businesses were options. I was like, Oh, maybe I like run a hotel. I didn't know what I was going to, I just was literally exploring everything. I was like, I was going to real estate seminars. I just was taking it all on. And one day I was like, you know, as long as I keep exploring everything, I'm not going to hone in on something. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pick business or real estate. And I actually decided to pick business. My family has been involved with self-storage facilities. I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm going to buy a self-storage facility. I'm going to run it. End of story. Here's my ticket out. 
and it wasn't maybe a week later, I was bored at work as usual, and I got a um, some email for some kind of real estate investing webinar, and I was like, oh, I'm bored, I might as well watch this. And from that minute, the guys who were all involved in that project, I got to meet them, I ended up investing, and the business idea kind of took a back seat because I was like, oh, well, you know, I make a great salary. I was like, I should be doing something smart with my money. So I started investing, having no idea where it was going to go. It was really just side kind of thing, like supplemental income. And the stuff that I started investing in, which we'll probably talk about later, but everybody was like, what are you buying? Where, what is going on? Like my mom's friend in Georgia was asking, my cousin was asking. I was like, oh man, you got to check out this really cool thing I'm buying. It's great. And so I started sending people to these guys. And at one point, months down the road, they said, you know, hey, listen, if you'll go get your real estate license, we can legally pay you referral fees because you're sending so many people to us already. I was like, okay. And I still wasn't thinking that this was the ticket out. It was just like, oh, well, you know, if I'm already doing it and I can make money from it, well, okay, that seems like fun, extra income. And then, so I did that for a while. And then one day I woke up and I was like, wait a minute, if I make the same as a normal real estate agent on these referrals and they, real estate agents can make a living doing this. I was like, could I make a living doing this? And I didn't have to show properties. It was all online. And I was like, huh. And so my brain kind of started working. I was like, oh my God, I wonder if I could do this. And then that's kind of how it happened. And I hung on with my engineering job just to get a paycheck and be able to eat for as long as I could. And then I knew at one point that I was missing out on potential real estate stuff the longer I stayed in the engineering job. So I kind of had to pick the date to bail out. And it's been uh, quite the ride ever since. How many years ago was that? I left my engineering job in September of 2012. So just over five years, oh five and a half, God. maybe by the time I kind of was thinking this might be a career path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Um, okay, so you're into real estate investing. Did you and this is probably this is my naiveness of not knowing but then at that at, at a certain point, did you stop referring and then start doing everything yourself? Or do you still work with those gentlemen today? Uh, I still work with them today. So what ended up happening is I was buying my own properties. And when I talk to people about real estate, like if I had kept buying those properties, I could have eventually worked myself out of my job from a passive income standpoint. But because the business side of it took hold, I ended up quitting the job before my actual rental properties could cover my income. And I live in Southern California. So that was going to take a lot of rental properties. Um, but so the referrals actually are, that's my main gig and that's what I do. And so I, it's, what was cool about it is that I could come to people and say, Hey, I've bought these properties through these guys. Here's my experience. And that's what a lot of people in real estate investing can't say. They're trying to sell you something. I'm like, do you even own what you're trying to sell? So I've only, I've had a million people ask me to refer and they know I have a large database of people and I just won't do it because I will only send people to the people that I've personally bought through and that I trust and, you know, I can speak to the experiences and all that. So the rental properties that I have are it's still great income, but it's more of a side thing and the referral, my company is mostly the referrals or mm. all the referrals. What are some other things that you, your company invests in? Cause you said other things. So I didn't know if there were other things that you guys invest in. 
Well, when I said that, I don't think there are other things. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're like I haven't I've had an ebook out for a few years and we've had a gazillion sales on that. So I'm you know, I'm working kind of a you know, supplemental income sides because I also don't want to be dependent on referrals or one stream of income because that sounds terrifying because if that disappeared, you know, so I want to try and build stuff on the side, but it's for the most part, just referrals at this point. Yeah. What, I mean, in terms of running the business, uh, like what, what does a day-to-day look like for you? I have to confess my day-to-day is kind of awesome. Um, I sleep in. (laughs) It's really the nice thing about it. uh, Well, let me backtrack. So my mentor through this whole thing, who's also one of the real estate guys, but he started their company. um, He, when I met him, I met him on the rooftop deck of his high rise building in downtown LA. He was in shorts and flip flops. He traveled a lot. I'm like, okay, wait, what are you doing? Like I need your life. And that's what really kind of started me structuring my business is that the biggest thing is I'm location independent. Like I can, as if I have internet, I can work from anywhere in the world that I want. So that's part of it because that's huge. I can live where I want. I can travel whenever I want. Not a big deal. And then the other thing is that I can work my own hours. And when I first started the business, I was doing everything myself. And I I started getting a hang of when I needed to outsource things. So I actually have a fantastic team of people who do the bulk of the work uh, for me that they've been with the company for quite a few years now. And so I actually, part of my motivation in that, aside from being location independent, if I were to just kind of disappear for a week, business keeps going. And so my my side of it is I do some maintenance, like if some people have some problems that my girls can't help with, or if it's personal communication or whatever, and then I do some things, like I still write for this real estate investing website. So I, I have a few tasks that are specific to me, but otherwise, that way I can kind of use my brain to figure out how to grow business, like what's next, what... Um, you know, I can, I can move forward or I can think about the forward things versus the everyday tasks that are absolutely exhausting. And so those things are taken care of. So I don't remember what your actual question was, but there was I don't, some kind of, I, I don't either, but I kind of, <laughs> I like how, um, cause in my, you sparked something in my mind where, um, like, so how many, like what stage were you, were you always like, Oh my gosh, I can't even think right now because I've like got so many the questions come to my my brain. When you started out and you were doing all of the things that your now like team is doing for you, did you get to a point where you were like overwhelmed, or did you know in advance you're like this is the goal, this is where I'm heading, I want to create this day or this type of day where I can disappear for a week? I don't think the. I don't think I had that much forethought on it. When I first started the company, I was so amped. I was also extremely nervous about how I was going to eat every month and pay my rent. So I was working, I mean, compared to now, like yesterday it was 84 degrees in Southern California. Sorry for every other city in the (laughs) nation. Uh, And so I went stand up paddle boarding and then I came home and I made some lunch and then I went to my workout and I was like, oh, well, I guess I should catch up on some work. Like I'm pretty free now, but back in the day, I mean, a lot of it was just because I was so excited about it. And I was working, I mean, from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. And so there was a lot more of a crunch then. But kind of the way it worked out was that I did everything. And then I 
fe- like at some point something would become clear to me that I was spending too much time on something that I could get someone else to do. And so that it was kind of a one, I think the first time I did it was with a web guy. Like I was doing the own, my own website and I'm not super computer smart. So I had this kind of janky website and I remember one day I had some kind of problem with it and I spent nine hours trying to fix this little problem. It was unbelievable. And I was just determined I had to figure it out. And I had met this web guy who ended up being my permanent web guy. And I said, you know, I wonder if I should just ask him if he would have a solution. I emailed him within like 90 seconds. He had fixed the thing. And that's when I sat back and I was like, okay, now I understand this whole like value of my time type of thing. I just spent nine hours frustratingly trying to figure something out that I paid him very little money to fix in about 90 seconds. And so it was that kind of visual of figuring out when I need to give work to someone else that can be done on their time so I can spend my time otherwise. Yeah, I, that is definitely what are like, I've just had that same experience when we're talking about like Facebook advertising and things like that. I was trying so much of my time to figure it out. And then I'm like, I'm just going to pay someone to help like take me along for the ride. And then basically say, I need this, this, and this from you in Mm -hmm. order to make that happen. How do you, um, like, how do you do market hipster investments in the beginning? And like, how do people find out about your, your business? Well, I'll kind of admit marketing because the business is built now it's functioning. The systems are in marketing is really the one thing that's left. And I will tell you marketing kind of makes me want to run full speed into a wall. Like I just, (laughs) I cannot figure out the market. Like I've read a gazillion marketing books. I've tried it on my own. I have hired multiple marketing companies and I just, it, is truly the bane of my business existence. Like I can't figure it out. And I was very fortunate in the beginning is I had read, um, I don't know if if you're a Gary Vaynerchuk fan, but kind of what prompted this whole thing is I read his book, Crush It. Yeah. And he was talking about how to have an online presence and just inject yourself. And so then you have something to offer and people, you know, they see you commenting wherever and then they come back to you. So I kind of had that idea in my head. And so I started writing blogs for my company's website. And it was really only about three, maybe four months into that, that this big uh, website that I write for now found me and said, hey, we, you know, we're kind of a newer website. We'd love to talk to you about being one of our writers. And I started on with them. And to this day, probably 98% of my business comes from that website. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so I've been extremely fortunate on that. But on the same token, I'm also terrified that if something happens to that website or that website's gotten so big now, like I don't stand out like I used to. And so there's a lot I'm like, okay, I've got to have other streams of marketing. And that's what I swear I've been working on it for four or five years. And I just, if there's any, if there's any marketers out there, (laughs) I mean, that is so when you talk about Facebook ads, we've done that, you name it, we've tried it and it just doesn't seem to quite get on there. I mean, it's extremely impressive though, too, that you've been able to like your business in in this capacity to like figure out how to market in a way that's organic, like you've done Mm -hmm. through, through that writing engagement that you have. Um, how would you like, 
talk about cash flow and just being a business owner and running that through like what what is the mindset what are questions that you ask yourself how do you know when you can take on more I don't know risk if that would be the correct word like what does that conversation look like in your head or with another person um I don't know if this is the answer to quite the exact question but the only thing that comes to mind about that is what I learned very quickly. When I first started the company, all I was thinking about was the end goal. How was I going to feed myself? Where was the income going to come from? I kept looking at the end goal and that was exhausting. I was stressed out of my mind. I was, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't, it was just exhausting. And one day I kind of woke up and I was like, you know, this isn't working. I was like, okay, I kind of set it up as an experiment. I was like, I'm going to give myself until X date. I think it was like December 31st of that year. And on that date, I'm going to evaluate where I am. Am I making money? Am I not making money? Can I keep doing this? Worst case, I could go back to my engineering job. But I made that deadline. So that freed my mind up to not stress. I didn't have to stress until that deadline anymore mm. because I was so stressed all the time that I couldn't, I could barely function because I was trying to think of the end goal. But the reality was I didn't know the end goal. And by setting that deadline for myself, it allowed me to then just do the best that I could every single day. And having the deadline took the pressure off of like, you know what, worst case, this doesn't work. Yay, I tried it for a year. I'll go back to my engineering job and I'll feed myself again. End of story. And so from like the cash flow perspective, I kind of still have that same mentality of, I only look at the day to day, like what can I be doing today to help me tomorrow? Because if I look anywhere past today, I'll end up stressed out to a point where I become kind of dysfunctional. And I'm like, okay, but plus it doesn't work anyways. Like I could never have predicted anything that's happened with this company. I always tell people I've had 173 business ideas and only one of them worked. <laughs> and it's this one and the difference between that one and every other one that I did is with those, I always started with the end goal. It's like, oh, well, I want to be here doing this and that. Now let me work backwards to figure out how to make that happen. And with my company now, it's very different as I could, you could not have paid me a million dollars to guess, A, that I'd even be doing this, B, how it would look, or C, there's just no end goal even now in sight. I don't, I don't know where it's going to go. And that mentality has changed everything. So it's the same kind of mentality I think of with cash flow is I don't know how much money I'm making this month or next month or whatever, but all I can do is the absolute best that I can do now and then evaluate later. Yeah. And I, Allie, I think you, you said it so perfectly in, in words that I've like, even I've experienced what you just talked about too, where sometimes if we're living in this state, like we're physically here, but then our mind is stressing out about something <laughs> or it's like, I don't, my girlfriend and I remember like years ago, we'd be talking about boys like, oh, he hasn't called yet. Like, when am I going to put the deadline? I'm just going to cut this off. And it's like, okay, just give yourself the deadline and then let's not focus on it. And you don't, we don't have to make a decision until that day. And right. it's so true when it comes to like, if you're in this position of quitting your job and starting something new, like don't stress about, like know what you have, what's going on right now, and then give yourself a day to when you can stress about it. Otherwise, it's not yeah. doing any sort of justice or it's not serving us in this moment. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about that trick of because I've I've learned kind of over the years like it's it's kind of like setting up as an experiment. Like 
physically or physiologically or whatever the word is, the way our minds are wired is we need to know things. We need answers. We're not super cool with change. Like, you know, we, our minds work that way. And so knowing how our minds work, I was taught one time kind of after I had already done this, but I, I heard about it more scientifically is if you just, you can trick your mind and tell your mind, Hey mind, I totally hear you. I totally hear your stress. I, I get it. Let's just try this as an experiment. And so we're going to experiment for three months and then we'll just kind of see where we are. And when you do that, your mind's kind of like, I mean, okay, I can, I can meet you there. Okay. I'll shut up for three months and then, but don't think that I'm going away. Like me and you are going to talk in three months and we're like, okay, mind. Cool. And the first time I did it, the year deadline, when I got to that, I was like, you know, I think I've, I'm seeing some traction. Like, I, I think things are going. I extended my deadline. Instead of saying, okay, now I'm free again, I was like, okay, you know what? It's not a guarantee. Let's just extend for six months this time. We'll reevaluate. And I just kept tricking my mind over and over, and it worked phenomenally. Like, I think it's a physiological thing. Set something up as a fake experiment, and it... It literally changed the whole course of my mentality and freed me up to do everything. Yeah. I mean, it's that's such a good piece of advice, too. Even, like, putting a product out there and thinking that it has to be absolutely perfect and just saying, okay, like, this is – we're going to learn from this. I'm just going to – I'm going to ship it and put it out there, and it's an experiment. We're going to see how people mm-hmm. react to it. I feel like there was – I was listening to a podcast, like, years ago saying how – when our mind or our ego wants to default to the negative or the fear piece of it, when we get Mm -hmm. ready to do something really big is to say, okay, like fear, you're coming with me. I know like you're there, but you're (laughs) in the backseat. I think it might've been a Brene Brown book or like Amy Cuddy or something, but there's, yeah, there's totally there. Or I, even when you go to sleep at night, if you are going to sleep, going to bed later than usual and you still have to wake up and you think to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. Like you will be (laughs) versus like, crawling into bed at midnight I am gonna be so well rested tomorrow when I wake up (laughs) but it is so true like setting that intention ahead of time and but just hitting the nail on on the head with just tricking your mind into two different deadlines um what are some other things that you can share with us just about your experience of building a business and like lessons that you've you've learned and that really stand out to you as an entrepreneur um I would say there's two. One, I already said that whole like day to day thing versus starting with the end goal and working backwards and just, it's kind of almost like letting the creativity come to you because I feel like you mentioned Brene Brown and all those. I have a, uh, one of my degrees is actually in spiritual psychology, so I can talk affirmations and intentions. I, that's my jam. Wait, so (laughs) you were aerospace engineer and then you had the spiritual degree too? Uh, well, and what's funny about that is it's a master's in spiritual psychology. So I have a master's in aerospace engineering, and I had found out about this master's in spiritual psychology, and I heard people say it was a good program or whatever, but the honest God's truth is the only reason I started it is I thought it would just be hilarious to tell people that I had master's in aerospace engineering and <sighs> spiritual psychology. And But once I got into the program, I fell head over heels in love with it, and I, I would have done that over engineering all day long, so I, I did end up with it. But... It was kind of for, well, I don't want to say bad intention, but it was kind of more for a funny ha-ha. <laughs> and like <laughs> but, at the universe is like, got you, look at you now, you love it. 
Yeah, and it kind of goes back to the whole thing of, like, when you just open yourself up to whatever, like, you just don't know what's going to stick. You kind of paid me to think spiritual psychology would ever have been in my math pilot brain, anything, and, you know, there it is. So, but, yeah, like, so that's one of them is that it's, if you set your intention of what you want to do and ballpark of where you want to go, and then you just let go and let the day-by-day stuff come and just deal with that as it comes, Uh, that's a huge one. And then the second one is I kind of feel like I learned, well, I'll be quite frank in the first year or two when I was making almost nothing and I was in the absolute panic attack mode. Occasionally it'll still sneak up on me. I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't had closings in a couple of months. But back then it was a lot more dire because my rent, uh, rent payment relied on it. Eating relied on it. I was even super proud when I quit my corporate job. I went on food stamps. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I was like, hey, that's income. I can eat. I'm probably the healthiest food stamps eater possible. I was swiping it at Whole Foods and all that. But deal with everything as it comes. But then, um, uh, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, it's really the emotional roller coaster of the whole thing. And I feel like it's. It's almost like a rite of passage, and I don't know if you experience this as an entrepreneur or whatever, but it'll mess with your head. Like, Mm -hmm. I swear, that first year, I mean, I was up and down. I I wasn't even a super emotional person. I was like, I am so stressed right now, but at the same time, I'm so happy, and things will go good, and all of a sudden, it tanks, and then things go good, and all of a sudden, things tank, and... Luckily, I had a mentor, which is also a recommendation. I think everyone should have a mentor for, if nothing else, for sanity purposes. Um, but he had to talk me off the edge of the cliff multiple times just because I was like, ah, I can't do this. And I don't know where I'm going to eat. And I, oh, and mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like, um, not rite of passage. What am I thinking? Um, like, a, like, you kind of have to go through that. Like, I, I can't imagine a successful entrepreneur that hasn't been through that emotional roller coaster or the entrepreneur roller coaster or whatever. And that's part of the game. And so I feel like if you realize that that is part of the game and that's part of the challenge and that's what's going to allow you to make it to the other side, it makes it a little bit easier to endure when it happens. I, I don't, I don't know what your experience with that is, but it certainly was a big part of mine was the portion. I I'm totally right there with you too. in in the, Uh, the highs and the lows and, you know, money coming in, being able to eat, being able to like really figure out like, what am I actually doing? Am I cut out for it? Is this not something like, can I actually do this? And, um, but to, to what you're saying too, like having someone around there to say like, this is normal, just, just keep going to me, like having that knowledge and knowing that ahead of time makes makes it so like way easier because then you're like okay I just need to trust and this is the process I need to get through the process and it'll be okay and it, it's like you're like trudging through mud and forging <laughs> your way and it's like I almost like for me it got to a point where I was like I'm physically and mentally exhausted I don't know how much more I can give to myself of like splitting time and I was doing different things to like still keep money coming in from projects and then I was running this on the other side and it like finally like there was a moment where it like snapped not me but like maybe not I don't know maybe snaps wrong word but something happened where it like turned the corner and it was like Mm -hmm. wait did did I just 
did I just survive like that like <laughs> hazing moment? Because I'm like, not to say that like, I think I'm like through and I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm this great. But like, oh, I'm like, I, I think I got, I think I got through that like first wave. Like there's going to be other waves, but like, I think I made it through the first wave and getting through <laughs> that. You're like, wait, what you, I don't know. For me, it was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not getting cocky about it. I'm not getting overconfident. I'm just going <laughs> to keep my head down. I'm going to keep working. Cause like, God forbid, I'm like, I don't want that wave to come. I mean, and you know what? Like, I'm yep. sure it will. Cause I'm only, I'm, I'm a baby compared to a lot of other entrepreneurs. So who knows what it looks like, but yeah, definitely like that mental roller coaster that you go on. I mean, it's no mm-hmm. one can prepare you. Everyone can always say that, oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And you have to make a choice and you have to commit and you have to choose. And it's like, yes, that's true. But to the depths of like digging into your soul and just (laughs) keep going when you're like sad or you're crying or you're like, what the hell am I, or heck am I doing? Like, it's crazy. Uh So. Yeah. And that moment you were talking about to me, it's like you get tested. I feel like, I mean, they always say like 95% of businesses fail in the first however long. And, and I think there's, a lot of various reasons for that. But part of that is if you're going to go the entrepreneur route, you will be tested. And so that exact moment that you're talking about, it's like, Oh, you're physically and mentally exhausted and whatever you stuck with it. And then all of a sudden it's like, ha, you passed the test onward. (laughs) And it's like, like, I know more tests are coming. I'm not naive. I get it. But shoot, I just passed the test. Ha. (laughs) You know, when you keep hitting it, it'll keep coming. But when you keep just stick it out, I think that in and of itself is the test because you're essentially proving to whatever powers that be that you're doing this and, you know, they try and stop you and it's, and it stops a lot of people. They they don't pass the test and they don't keep going and that's totally fine. But if you want it, you got to be ready for the test and just take them as they come. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. There was something else that I was going to say too, that like, um, we were talking about the test and then, um, oh goodness, I can't, I can't remember what I was going to say. Dang. I, I hate when that happens, right? <laughs> you like, sound like me. I get so excited and I want to talk about so much and I'm like, wait, I, yeah, was all talking about. <laughs> I always have to like be careful because my thoughts can run around and I'm like, okay, Amanda, lay on the plane, bring it back. Just land the plane, <laughs> bring it back. Um, but yeah, like getting into that moment of just is this, is this going to work? Is this worth it? And then getting through there and saying, whoo, okay, got it. Or, okay. Now I remember what I was going to say, like the thoughts that I was having during that period. And I think back to those like moments and thoughts and fears that would go through my mind. And I consider myself someone who can understand how the mind works uh, to, to a certain extent that I would like observe. And I'm like, why is this happening? What am I doing? And try to be like, be with them. But now I can't even, my mind doesn't have any sort of those thoughts or feelings or emotions like it used to. And it's just, it's so fascinating how you know, or like you move through and you shift through that. So yeah, totally. Yeah. And I'll, I'll reemphasize to anyone listening that whole having a mentor thing. I don't think I would have survived those moments without my mentor. Cause I, what we used to call him something, my, I'd send him not, it was like a panic message, but I don't remember. We had a hilarious name for it. Like it was very known when my sanity was slipping. And so he would just very, you know, he would talk me through it. He'd pull me off from the side of the cliff and had it not been for him, I really don't know because 
like like you say, like we kind of we can observe our minds, we can watch ourselves, we can see what's happening. But there's also the times where just our human sides kick in, and we it's full blown panic. It's like, ugh, <laughs> even if I know what's happening, I can't stop this. I'm just, oh no, this isn't gonna work, and whatever. And in those moments, like I think it's so important to have somebody to bring you off the cliff because mm-hmm. it just. You know, there's just different variances of it, and I'm sure there's people out there who have done it all without the mentor, but I don't think that I could have at all. Yeah, it, well, it definitely, I'm sure, would make for a longer journey, or feel longer anyway, so. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Allie, this has been a great conversation. I have a, well, one major question left for you is for, well, two. So what are what's something that still, like, at this moment scares you? Like, what's your biggest fear right now? Uh, you know, I don't think I've had any closings this month. <laughs> I think, <laughs> let's see, when's the first? Uh, my two rent month, Two days. <laughs> uh, next month's rent, rent payment. Um, let's see, what's my biggest fear right now? Um, you know, I can't even, I'm sure I have one. I can't even really think of one, just... I've now had five years of practicing just kind of surrendering to the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I feel like I kind of just let float it go on the river somehow. I definitely hit boulders and, you know, tip out of my raft occasionally. But for the most part, I just, I mean, I guess my biggest fear would be if my income just disappears because I am in real estate and it is commission based and it's not guaranteed. And I quite often think back to that every Friday paycheck with great health insurance. I'm like, man, <laughs> that. <laughs> That Friday paycheck, that was, I think I just thought of this a couple days ago, actually. I was like, that was solid. (laughs) Like, to know that I have money coming in and exactly how much and I could plan my finances accordingly and, like, the position I'm in now, like, it's kind of a, hmm, you know, like, I, I, where's the money going? And it's like, well, it's hard to plan because I don't know how much is coming in. One month I might make, like, three months worth of income. Another month I may not make anything. And it's, Mm. you know, so it's just... There's always that back, yeah, so maybe I have some fears of that voice in the back of my head of like, hey, psst, you know. But I feel like that, that like, yeah, I feel like that annoying, and part of the reason why I asked that question was just because it like, I mean, we all have fears to some extent, right? We're never just this like ball of, I have like no fears, and but I think like what you made a really good point on is how we choose to handle any sort of fears that come our way. Like, are we going to try to control everything? Or are we just going to surrender and allow to maybe fall out of the raft every once in a while and know that ultimately yeah. we will be okay. And it's such a big piece in, in entrepreneurship of this fear is something that we create in our minds, including myself. So I'm, I'm not right. out of that by any means, but yeah. Um, so my, and then my last question, I know you mentioned Gary Vanderchuk as an author that you recently, um, read is there anyone else or another book that you've read that you recommend when it comes to entrepreneurship oh all day long I've read it twice through and I'll probably read it again just to remind myself of everything is I'm actually looking at my bookshelf where is it uh the e-myth revisited Mm -hmm. by uh uh oh is it Michael Gerber no yeah I think Um, I think it is is it I think so uh Wow, I just realized that two of my favorite books are written by the same person, and somehow I never <laughs> noticed this. Uh, <laughs> I was like, it's not Michael Gerber, because he wrote this other book. Um, yeah, The E-Myth Revisited, 
I feel like every business owner, and even it's, I even think about this book in terms of life because it clarifies some very two distinct points in my mind, and I won't go into detail about them, but one is the role of a business owner. Like he uses the example of a woman who opens a, is it a cupcake shop or a cookie shop or a pie shop or something, and how she was the town's best pie maker or whatever it was. And everyone's like, oh, you should start your own pie shop. But the difference between making pies and running a business, because what I, I feel like my strong suit is being a business owner. And I hear so many people who have a trade or a technical skill or something and they want to make a business out of it and they don't realize that being a business owner is a completely different skill set and task set than the technical thing that they're providing. Mm -hmm. So that's one of them. And then the other is he really spells out the different roles, the three roles that have to be in a business for it to succeed, the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur. And if you can gauge where you are personally, like I'm mostly entrepreneur. I have management's not really my jam. I have a little bit of technical side, but he says, identify where you are between those three things. And for the parts that you aren't, hire somebody because those three roles have to be dealt with and they have to be present. And even in life, I swear, I think of the technician, the manager and the entrepreneur all day long and it helps me kind of figure out different pieces of it. So that book, I, if everyone was going to just read one book, I think that, and it's little too, it's not even an extensive book. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I will definitely, I'm going to look into it and we'll link to that in the show notes as well into your, your company website. So people can gather more information about that as well. But thank you, Allie, for coming on the show and having a good conversation with me about the fear and just your journey and everything else about entrepreneurship. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I'm usually on real estate podcasts. I'm so <laughs> excited. I actually, I kind of say I could care less about real estate, which isn't totally true, but I love business. Like that is my jam and I don't usually get to talk about it as much. So I'm so excited we got to talk entrepreneurship today. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. For more information, check out SheDidItHerWay.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep doing it your way.